0: Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is a little bit extra for you on this Friday night, December 29th, 2023. I am your host, JD from New York. He's always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be. No Smackdown tonight. Man, it feels like forever since I covered a WWE show, man, SmackDown Raw had these best of shows for the week and nobody really gives a shit. I mean, who's watching Monday Night Raw best of hosted by Peter Rosenberg? Holy shit, man. You might as well get somebody, you know, a little bit more enjoyable if you want to bring the ratings out of the sub 600,000 realm on a Monday night, better off getting AI to cover the fucking show. Peter Rosenberg. Who's fucking watching Peter Rosenberg on a Monday night, man? Holy shit. Oh man, I don't even want to know who they had on Friday. Maybe it was Ro- maybe it was Rosenberg tonight, too. I don't know. I don't know. What I was doing on my Friday night, man. Me and Mr. Baydala, Drew, we went out for dinner. We had a couple old fashions or get a glass of wine and an old fashioned before that. I had an old-fashioned and a nice gin and tonic for dinner. And we went to one of my favorite places in the neighborhood, and we are going to do our thing this weekend, man. So if you guys are joining us for World's End, it's going to be a great time. Make sure you guys go and check us out, man. We got the meet and greet happening on Saturday afternoon. If you guys are in town and on Long Island for World's End... First ever Tuesday Night Titans TNT meetup, VIP meetup. It's going to be at the Green Turtle, 1740 Hempstead Turnpike, East Meadow, New York. And that'll be from 3.30 to 6 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll walk over to the venue, over to the Nassau Coliseum, get ready for the pre-show. We hope to meet and greet with you guys Tomorrow afternoon, I I don't know what we're doing before that. I think we're going to try and get some recording in. We will uh, iron out those details tomorrow morning. But if you guys are going to be in town, I would love to see you. Drew would love to see you. And it's going to be a great time. So thank you guys for all the support on Tuesday night. And please make sure you guys go to my social media, man. We are going to have one hell of a show. On Tuesday next week, we are going to do the first ever Tuesday Night Titans TNT Awards for 2023. If you guys go to my X account, go to my Twitter profile, and pinned at the top of my Twitter profile is the link for you guys to go vote, man. I would urge you guys to go vote. We had a tremendous amount of votes through 16 different categories. It is going to be... Awesome. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Uh, We will uh, go over the winners on Tuesday. And to nobody's surprise, a lot of the winners on Tuesday are not really that surprising. It's going to be an interesting uh, discussion for sure on Tuesday night for TNT, man. So it's going to be a fun time. We're expecting a big crowd And it's going to be a great weekend. Drew and I will be at World's End tomorrow evening. And I will get into some devil discussion tonight. And we will go over uh, a little bit of that. Tony Khan had some choice words at the AEW conference call with the media, which I was not a part of, by the way, because I'm, I'm banned. I'm blacklisted from AEW media, man. Imagine that, man. The number one content creator that goes live every week. Every week, bigger than everybody, man. And he's in the same town, 20 minutes away from where World's End's happening, man. Denied media. It's amazing, man. What did I say? I wonder what I said, man. Maybe uh, maybe they didn't like me criticizing them throughout 2023. Tough shit. Get over it and get better. So uh, it's going to be a great time, man. I'm going to uh, be there with Drew and the live stream Full World's End will happen on Sunday, the next day. Jesse and I will be live for that. And we will go over whatever we need to do on Sunday afternoon, man. Enough of me blabbing. Let's get into the news. I got news on Mercedes. I want to get into this Mercedes-Money stuff because I love Mercedes. Not the car. I love Mercedes. Sasha Banks. She might not be coming back to the WWE after all, man. I wonder who, I wonder who predicted that. I wonder who predicted that. I think it was uh, two guys on Tuesday night, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody called us. uh, They don't have sources. Their sources, they get it from the dirt sheets. No, 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 no. You you guys got to understand that. My guy doesn't go out there. Drew doesn't go out there. And get bullshit reports, man. If he's told something and then he says something live on the air, it's pretty much, you know, in the realm of possibility. Okay? We did that with Adam Copeland. He said it. He put his name behind it. What happened? Adam Copeland showed up at Wrestle Dream at the end of the show in a tremendous AEW debut. Now, Mercedes. We said the same thing about Mercedes. mercedes Monet. All signs were pointing to an AEW debut. She was supposed to debut at Blood and Guts this summer in Boston, because that's where it emanated from. But Mercedes got injured in a match with Willow Nightingale, and she broke her ankle, and she was out for the duration of 2023. She showed up at All In. She was an honored guest of Tony Khan. And she was shown on camera twice. Twice. And at that point, everybody was to believe that Mercedes and AEW were doing business. Then all of a sudden, Triple H, he digs his claws into WWE creative a little bit more. Week by week, we find out that Ari Emanuel has shoved Vince McMahon out of the picture. And that Nick Khan and Ari Emanuel want Triple H to take over WWE creative It is his show, 100%. We have to worry about no Vince McMahon ever again. At least for right now. I don't trust him until he's absolutely out of the picture and he's in the grave. He's not going to be a bother at all. Then we hear that Mercedes and AEW had a deal that possibly fell through. Things happened. There was an agreement. And that agreement wasn't really honored anymore, and that Mercedes may be moving on. She posted a clip on social media. She's back training. She's getting ready for a return. Nobody knew where or when, but speculation started picking up when the AEW news came out that she wouldn't be joining AEW, that WWE would be the destination for her return. mercedes Monet out of the picture, and Sasha Banks back in the WWE, right in the middle of the Damage Control storyline, she would fit perfectly. Bailey's about to be kicked out of Damage Control. It's going to be an all-Joshi group led by Dakota Kai. And Sasha Banks, Bailey team up once again to take the tag team titles off of Asuka and Kyrie. Sane. And we get a rematch of the Kabuki Warriors versus the Boss and Hug connection. I mean, it's just very poetic that Sasha is even back in the WWE. Vince is gone. Triple H is there. And she'd be right back into the mix of the women's tag team titles. I mean, it all makes sense. Now, there was a report, and again, I, I always love throwing it in people's faces because, believe it or not, I, I, know, I know what happened. I know what happened. If I revealed my sources to you, then I'd be up shit's Creek. So I'm not going to do that. But a lot of people, I, I love how the media... Painted Mercedes as the bad guy in this entire situation. remember when Mercedes walked out of WWE? She might have walked out, but she wasn't the one who walked out, right? Nobody was asking, well, Mercedes walked out, but Trinity walked out as well. what what if what if Trinity walked out of the company first and Mercedes was just being a good friend to Trinity? Nobody asked that question though, right? So I leave you with that and I word it in that way because I want you to think what the fuck really happened, okay? Who walked out? I'll leave it up to you guys and I'll leave it up to your imagination, man. I don't say shit on here for the sake of being fucking cool, okay? You uh, you paint your picture the way you want it. She walked out because she was upset and she was displeased with things that happened there. creative. She was obviously being pushed to the side. They didn't really respect her. They didn't respect the women's division. They didn't respect women's wrestling. They didn't respect women's tag team championships. They, they, they didn't give a shit over there. They didn't. Vince didn't give a fuck. Bruce didn't give a fuck. All Bruce gave a shit about what is what was on his plate the next fucking meal. That's all he cared about. And John Laurinaitis, I mean, give me a fucking break, man. John Laurinaitis, what the fuck did he care about? If he didn't have the next fucking, I don't even want to say it. I know we'll just move on. He's fired. We don't have to talk about John Laurinaitis, man. What a fucking dirtbag he is, right? John Laurinaitis. None of these people gave a shit about Mercedes or women's wrestling. There was a report that came out that stated that Mercedes, WWE management looked at Mercedes and she had peaked. At 30 years old, imagine telling one of the greatest women's performers in the history of the business at 30 years old that she peaked. Couldn't be me, man. Couldn't be me. You give me a payroll. JD, give me your top signings. Men and women, right now, who am I taking? Number one, MJF on the men's side. Number two, Mercedes on the women's side. Not even a fucking hesitation In my handing out money. Here you go. What do you want? Come work for me. In have to sign two top talents. Men and women. MJF and Mercedes. Number one and two. Easy. They said she peaked. So then we start to get, oh yeah, Mercedes is coming back in the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, Mercedes is going back to WWE. Then today, we get the news that Mercedes tweeted out. Something in regards to Triple H. Then there was trademarks that she had gone out there and achieved for herself. Nothing to do with Sasha Banks. It was all under the mercedes Monet character. So Mercedes seems to be making it pretty clear that she's interested in coming back to pro wrestling. Nobody knows where she's going. But a lot of people thought she was going back to WWE. At least that's the way it came off at one point today. There was an, there was a, I don't know if it was an Instagram or a Twitter post, a social media post today. And Mercedes put out there and she wrote the following. This was on December 24th. Happy, happy holidays. Happy in one line, happy in the second line and holidays in the third line. So if you take the three letters that go in those three different lines, happy, happy holidays, H-H-H, Triple H. She wanted you to figure that out. Of course, the social media sleuths figured that out. She says, happy, happy holidays. All I want for Christmas is money. Yeah, me too. Fans write into that as her spelling out Triple H and as another sign that she wants to go back to WWE, well, she wants WWE to sign her to a new deal. On December 26, she posted a photo of herself in front of Boston's TD Garden on the same day that WWE ran a live event there. Who knows if that was recent? Who knows if that was actually in real time or if that was something just saved on her iPhone? Nobody knows. The latest post shows her in front of a Triple H poster, giving one of those thinking poses. Triple H is clearly in the background of wherever she was training Today, that was the latest post on social media. Now, reportedly, Mercedes was reportedly asking for more than what Charlotte Flair was making on her new contract. A lot of people have this idea in their minds that this is a bad thing. Why? Why is this a bad thing? It's almost as if these people have half a fucking brain and wouldn't do the same thing if they were in Mercedes' shoes. Yes, Charlotte signed the biggest contract in women's wrestling history, and I said this word for word on Tuesday night with Andrew Baydal. I said this, "Don't you think that WWE by giving Charlotte this contract is going to run into a problem where they don't give Mercedes that type of deal?" Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre prepared, chef crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, there's no cooking, or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script50 and use code script50 to get 50% off. That's code script50 at factormeals.com slash script50 to get 50% off. What they basically did to themselves was price themselves out. Of the Mercedes-Money-Sasha Banks deal. Who knows what they're going to do with Becky. Becky's probably going to make more than Charlotte. And everybody else that comes after Becky. Then you're going to get Bianca. Then you're going to get Rhea. Then you're going to get Tiffany Stratton when she achieves the heights of where Charlotte Flair is right now. And you know she is because she's fucking great. And then you're going to set a precedent in the women's division that is going to span multiple years and everybody's going to be on the same pay, pay line. They're going to be making the same money. WWE basically has given Charlotte this money, this contract, and they don't realize that every other woman that follows suit that happens to have a better fucking run than Charlotte is going to be asking for the same amount of money. And if they don't get that same amount of money, there are options nowadays where a couple of years ago, a few years ago, there wasn't. Money's not not a problem for Tony Khan. It's not. Tony Khan's got an unlimited fucking payroll. So WWE priced themselves out of the Mercedes-Money situation. A lot of people tend to think that, oh, Mercedes is not, she's not worth that money. How dare she ask for that money? I'm sorry if, if, If Mercedes isn't going to stand up for herself and demand what she thinks she's worth, who the fuck is gonna do that for her? I mean, I'd love for these fucking people on social media to come to me and and tell me exactly what Charlotte Flair has done to get that type of money. What has she done to get that type of contract? She's been loyal to the company? Great. She's loyal to the company fantastic. But if you want to go and base Charlotte on the amount of money she's making, Charlotte's not even worth fucking 75% of what she's making there. What has she done? You mean to tell me you can't give Charlotte and, and Sasha, Mercedes, the same amount of money? I mean, these women came up together through the NXT developmental system. They're two-fourths of the horsewomen. They're two-fourths of the women's revolution. As far as I'm concerned, without Sasha Banks, women's wrestling in North America isn't where it is today. Can't really put a price on that. And if you do, it's worth much more than what Charlotte Flair has done let, let's end this discussion right now. You want a fucking hot take? Go ahead, geek, who's watching me that don't like me. Clip it and post it on social media. I don't give a shit. Or let me hear the fucking people that say, oh, JT is sexist. He hates women. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, clip this one. Charlotte Flair is overrated, okay? Charlotte Flair, I want you to come to me and tell me Something that Charlotte has done that has been so exquisite or so great out there, where everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Oh, Charlotte Flair is the greatest athlete in WWE history. I'm sorry. Charlotte is only there because her father has lobbied for her for the last eight years, or however long she's been on the WWE payroll. Well, what is it with the Charlotte Flair narrative? It's almost as if they, they upset Charlotte Flair, then uh, it's not, all is wrong in the world. Meanwhile, Becky's had a better year than Charlotte. Bianca's had a better year than Charlotte. Rhea's had a better year than Charlotte. Charlotte's not even the best wrestler on her fucking brand. Never mind the company. EO, Asuka. I mean, Charlotte's a solid eight in the company greatest of all time my balls she's not the greatest of all time i'm sorry what has charlotte done for the revolution has she put over anybody charlotte's only put over charlotte flair the 98 title reigns that she has have only benefited charlotte flair that was it she did one good thing she did one good thing in her entire run and that was put over rhea ripley this year At WrestleMania night one. That was it. Nobody can sit there with a straight face and tell me why Charlotte Flair is better than Mercedes or worth more money than Mercedes or better than Becky and all these other women. Can't do it. Charlotte Flair is the epitome. She is the definition of boring. Boring. Nobody likes Charlotte. Nobody wants to see Charlotte on television. If Charlotte disappeared for for 12 months, you won't even realize she's gone. Why? Because there are other women that people want to see more than Charlotte. Mercedes is one of them. When Mercedes walks into a room, if Mercedes and Charlotte walked into a room, who am I going to gravitate towards more? Mercedes or Charlotte? Who's the biggest star? Mercedes comes off like the biggest star. Mercedes has more upside. You know, people, oh, social media is not real life. No shit. No shit. But Sasha Banks or Mercedes' social media following that eclipses, what, six million people? Between Instagram and Twitter alone? I mean, I don't see Charlotte Flair getting that type of reaction on social media. I don't. Charlotte's not in Hollywood. Mercedes is. Mercedes is more marketable. Charlotte is not. I mean, Mercedes is worth her fucking contracts or whatever she expects to make just based off her social media following alone. I'm sorry. I don't don't see where Charlotte is more valuable than Mercedes. So let's end that discussion right there. Now, if I'm Mercedes... I'm asking for the type of money that Charlotte Flair is asking for or is getting. Absolutely. I don't blame her one bit. She's worth what she thinks she's worth. You go get your fucking money. If WWE's not going to give you that money, then you're going to get your money elsewhere. We don't know what Charlotte is making. But Charlotte should not be making more than Mercedes. And people also, here's another one. Here's another little tidbit. Oh, loyalty. Oh, Mercedes walked out of the company. You don't fucking know that. You don't know that. Who's to say that Trinity didn't walk out of the company and Mercedes was only following because she had every fucking reason to want to walk out, as did Trinity, to be quite honest with you. Charlotte Flair didn't walk out of the company and people are going to hang that over Mercedes' head for walking out on the company. You know what? I fucking love the fact that she walked out of the company because she walked out on Vince. If Vince wasn't there, she's not walking out on Triple H. She's not. She's not walking out on H. She's not walking out on Regal. She's not walking out on Matt Bloom or whoever else is in the fucking managerial realm. She's not walking out on them. She walked out on Vince. She walked out on Bruce. And she walked out on John laryngitis. That's who she walked out on. Do you blame her for walking out? I know I don't. I look at that as the ultimate fucking respect, to be quite honest with you. Because how many people before her did it? Nobody. And nobody had the balls to do so. So yes, I firmly stand with Mercedes and Trinity for that fact, who did the impossible and walked out of WWE. Now, yes, she didn't really do much of anything this year. She had a great match with Kyrie Sane in the beginning of the year. She was supposed to wrestle Julia, and then she got hurt. But a lot of people are like, oh, well, she didn't really do anything this year to warrant a Charlotte Flair contract. Mercedes could take 12 months off and come back and go right back to where she was. That's how in demand she is. Wasn't she at Comic-Con? I mean, people were even making fun about her going to these comic conventions, charging $30,000 for a fucking appearance. Good. You want to know what? Everybody that brought Mercedes in made their money back after the fucking $30,000 price tag. Oh, she's charging as much as Sting is. Good. Good. If I had the opportunity to go to New York City Comic Con this year, I would have paid to get a picture and an autograph from Mercedes as well. So good on her for knowing her worth. Because if it's not her, who the fuck is going to be that for her? Nobody. So, today she filed a trademark for three different things in regards to Mercedes-Money. Money wear, time is money, and money talks. Well, clearly those aren't WWE trademarks. She filed these trademarks on December 22nd with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. With the filing made through Michael E. Dawkins, who's helped countless wrestlers with their trademarks, and it's listed for entertainment and clothing purposes. Then there was the news that broke tonight. Legitimately, got back home from dinner with Mr. Baydala. He tells me this story. I quickly go and look at it, and it's Mercedes, WWE, no longer in talks, expected to appear elsewhere. Imminently. I love the word imminently. Great. Top free agent, Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks and WWE had been engaged in several conversations to possibly bring her back to the company. This is from Fightful Select and Sean Ross Sapp. However, sources stated to Fightful Friday night that the two sides are no longer in active negotiations regarding a return. The two sides had recently been engaged in conversations about a return, possibly at the Royal Rumble, which was being rumored. We're told the dialogue was friendly, the back and forth failed to progress, and WWE sources claim that their side walked as a result of it. Another source within the company believed that she would end up appearing elsewhere imminently, but didn't state where. AEW has the World's End show on Saturday night, New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom next week, and TNA is rebranding for Hard to Kill in two weeks. As of August, Fightful was told that there was a working plan for Mercedes to come and work with AEW. However, as of early December... That particular plan was not happening. New Japan was also hoping to maintain a positive relationship with Mercedes as well and hope to talk to her in recent months. We're told that outside of WWE, all options were back on the table as of mid-December. This comes after what several perceived as teases to a WWE return on social media this week. Mercedes was supposed to be with AEW and then she got hurt. I don't know what happened there. I don't know where things went wrong, but clearly she... And listen, I, I'm, I'm not getting this from anybody. I'm not... I don't have any sources. All I know is that Mercedes was supposed to work with AEW. She was at All In, and they put her on camera twice. They don't do that for someone they're bringing in and not going to feature uh, in the near future. She was supposed to be there, Okay. Or this might have been a make good. She was supposed to debut at Blood and Guts in Boston. That didn't happen. And that she was in a walking boot. She was walking on her own. Showed up in London. And and things were supposed to materialize from there. They did not. They did not. I don't know what went wrong. Deals could have been made. Then things were backtracked on. And then she realized that, hey. Okay, well, Vince was there. Vince still had some sort of power. Vince now does not have any power creatively whatsoever. So she, she was like, oh, I oh, listen. Well, clearly my first choice, and she's gonna make the best decision for her. And Tony Khan is the type of guy that's gonna allow them to do what they feel is best. Tony Khan is not gonna haggle her to, you know, you know, and, and just beg her to come. He let countless others go if they wanted. So Mercedes said, you know what? Paul is in charge. I want to see what he has to say first because my heart is there. I didn't want to be there for Vince. I didn't want to be there with him there. Paul is now in charge. I want to see what he has to offer. I want to see if they match the money that I am requesting. They clearly did not. They clearly did not. And now things are back on the table for one of two companies, AEW, or impact, which right now AEW, I mean, if I'm Tony Khan and WWE fumbled the bag here, I'm giving this woman whatever the fuck she wants. Impact. Scott Demore is out here making claims that he signed the biggest free agent in Impact TNA history, and people laughed at me when I said, "Well, that that's probably and possibly Mercedes." as if it's out of the realm of possibility that Mercedes would work with Impact. Now, I don't know how that works there. I really don't. And I say that because Impact just signed a new streaming deal or streaming rights deal with Endeavor. Endeavor owns WWE. So if Mercedes is working with Impact, she's basically got a big toe in the WWE pool because Endeavor owns WWE, and now they're in bed with Impact as well. Again, I don't know the logistics there. But to say that impact is out of the running, I don't think I don't think people realize how much money impact has to throw around. They're going all in on this TNA relaunch. I mean, they offered they offered mega money. Mega money for Will Ospreay to come on in. Whatever Ospreay didn't take from them is sitting in their fucking bank account ready to give to Mercedes. You don't think that Mercedes would want to go to Impact? Why the fuck not? Impact is one of the best women's divisions. In all of pro wrestling. They may have the best women's division. In all of pro wrestling. They constantly take care of their women. They constantly feature their women. And then her best friend is over there. So why the fuck wouldn't she want to go back over there? Or want, Wouldn't? why wouldn't she want to work there? I mean. It's just common sense. I'm not saying that. She is there, but imminently, imminently could mean two weeks at Hard to Kill or imminently could mean tomorrow on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum. I don't fucking know. All I know is I'm, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm giving that woman the bag big time. I'm giving her all the money, whatever she wants. Now, I will. I have to say this because a lot of people are like, oh, uh, oh she's trolling. She's possibly trying to lead the scent away from WWE because she signed with WWE and she doesn't want all the smart fans to know. So she's giving clues to lead you away from what really is happening. Let's get this straight. Mercedes, from what I know, is a very private person. You don't know when she's injured, how badly she's injured. She doesn't say a fucking thing. Nobody in her camp says a fucking thing about what she's up to. She just keeps everything very low-key, and good for her. She don't play into the fucking bullshit. Could she be trolling? Could she be leading people away? Sure. Sure. But WWE, they said, Triple H said that the CM Punk situation didn't really come back into play. Things had fallen apart, and they didn't really come into play until... Maybe a week before he showed up at Survivor Series. It's not like things are bad now and can't get better later. I mean, we have a whole fucking month before we get to the Royal Rumble. Things could clearly be worked out. Now that it's public knowledge, who's to say that they don't go back and talk? Could she be trolling? Sure she can. She could absolutely be trolling. Do I think it's a troll? You got to understand Mercedes. Mercedes is going to make her money. She's going to sell merch. She's going to do her contract signing or her, uh, her meet and greets and her autograph signings. She's going to make her money via her contract, wherever she goes. She's going to make her money. She's in Hollywood. Mercedes right now knows that her worth is so much more than pro wrestling. Is WWE going to allow her to wrestle and then do everything else she wants to do. I don't know. It's a different administration. I don't know what they will and will not allow her to do. Will they allow her to go to Hollywood? Will they allow her to take six months off to go film a new movie? I don't know. I don't know. Where WWE is a business and on the road 300 days a year, they're probably going to want Mercedes in that division, doing what she did before she walked away. She's not going to be able to work New Japan. And she's going to have to go back there knowing that she's second place to Charlotte Flair. And by the time she gets through with everything and everybody gets their contract situated, she'll probably end up being third place behind Becky and Charlotte. How can you blame Mercedes for not Wanting to be third place in WWE. Does that look and feel like a third place woman to you? No, that woman thinks she's number one. And she should be number one and treated like a number one. Here's another nugget of information for you. Does WWE need Sasha Banks? How many times I heard people telling me that WWE needs Sasha? No, they don't. No, they want Sasha. They want Sasha so that she doesn't go to the competition. Triple H wants Sasha because he put a lot into Sasha Banks, and he loves that woman and wants her back. He knows that Vince and the old administration fucked it up. That man doesn't want want Mercedes to go to Tony Khan. But do they need Mercedes? No, they don't. They don't. They could call up Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton tomorrow on the main roster, and they won't need Mercedes. They won't. WWE creative isn't really lighting the world on fire anyway. Maybe now, potentially, they might need Mercedes because Charlotte's going to be out for the next nine months. But even that, you got to go back to my original thought, second place behind Charlotte Flair and her big-time contract. They may tell Mercedes everything she wants to hear, but is it going to be different? I don't know. The women's division really hasn't changed much at all and has been one weak spot for Paul Levesque in creative. There's one glaring problem with WWE television. It's still the way the women are booked. Mercedes would be walking right back into a WWE creative and a WWE women's division that really hasn't changed much in the two years that she's been away. That's just the cold hard fact. Now, that's not to say that she'll go join AEW and things are going to be fucking sunshine and rainbows. They got their own fucking problems over there. Mercedes is only going to be as good as the creative that she's been given in AEW. Is Tony Khan going to wake up one morning and say, oh, my God, I got Mercedes, a Hall of Famer on my roster now. Let's start booking the women's division the right way. Tony Khan is not going to do that. He hasn't given us any reason or indication that he will do that. And he's got zero trust from the fan base to go out there and do that. She's only as good as the creative that she's going to be given. And right now, there is none. That entire division has zero creative. We got two storylines, or I should say two matches. They're not even fucking storylines. Two matches on tomorrow's show that are void of storylines. Zero. You could sit there and tell me that Tony Storm and EO, or whatever fucking Riho, EO, they wish. Tony Storm and Riho. There's zero story there. You can sit there and tell me that Julia Hart and Abaddon is a story. And they know a fucking story. Give me a break. There are zero stories in the women's division. Now, Tony Storm and Mariah May, they got something going on there, but. Mercedes, what is she going to do if she goes to AEW? AEW needs Mercedes more than Mercedes needs AEW. Or she could just go to Impact, where they clearly have the money that they can you know, afford to pay her, and she'd be with her best friend, and I don't hear anybody complaining about the Impact women's division creative. Plus, they're losing Deonna Purrazzo, and they're going to need to replenish the talent pool by losing somebody as big as a Deonna Purrazzo. All signs are pointing to Mercedes leaving WWE or not going back to WWE. The talks have fallen through. And Tony Khan and Impact could be the benefactors here. I don't know what you guys think, but if she ends up anywhere, that woman is going to be a huge addition to whatever division she goes to. Tired of this narrative that Mercedes is not worth the money or she's disloyal, she walked out and all this other nonsense. I mean, this is just fucking, these are blank, blanket statements from fucking geeks online that hide behind fucking wrestler avatars. They don't know anything. Then they tweet out like they're fucking some inside fucking industry insider. Because they got a blue check mark now and Elon's paying out. You don't know Jack fucking shit. You don't know nothing. Looks like she may be leaving. WWE hanging. Good. Good. That woman's got my full support. Wherever she ends up, I will be watching and paying attention. But could she be trolling? Could she be leading the scent away? Sure. She never reveals her cards. She never has. But only time will tell. Imminently, supposedly, imminently, imminently could mean tomorrow night, or imminently could mean two weeks for t n a hard to kill. Scott Demore says they, that they got the biggest free agent signing in the history of the company. Mercedes clearly fits that bill. Yes, I love disloyal people. Confirmed. If if, if your name is Mercedes Monet. Absolutely. Let me take you out for your favorite tequila, Mercedes. Anytime, anywhere, any place, any night of the week. Absolutely. Triple H. Triple H, for the first time since I think he's been running any fucking company, whether it be WWE or NXT, finally played into the dirt sheets. And pulled out his inner Tony Khan tonight. WWE is looking to make the day one edition of Monday Night Raw a big deal. They're looking to nail down a former WWE champion for day one. Sources within WWE, while speaking vaguely, says Fightful, claim that the company is on the one-yard line in landing a former WWE champion to appear on the show, and they feel confident that they can get the deal done. Now, Feifel says they haven't been given any specific name, but we're told it was someone not currently on their roster. It's worth noting that the former WWE champion was the terms used by those sources. We asked if the name was one that was active or retired talent, but weren't given that info. They said that they will continue to provide some more details as we get them. Triple H took to Twitter only a couple of hours ago to address the rumor going around about the former WWE champion possibly returning to Monday Night Raw. Hunter stated that he would not confirm or deny the rumors, but stay tuned for day one, Monday Night Raw. So he played into the dirt sheet rumors. It's the first time that I've seen him do that, I think, I I honestly think it's a little refreshing coming from him to do something like that, but if Triple H is out there putting that out in the public eye, then something's going on because he's not going to play into that if he doesn't got anything planned for next week's Monday Night Raw. Who is it? Who is it? I don't fucking know who it is, but I will tell you this. It's one of three people, in my honest opinion. The first guy that came to my mind was Stone Cold Steve Austin. If WWE has nailed down Stone Cold Steve Austin to show up on the January 1 Monday Night Raw, we could be looking at a potential Stone Cold and CM Punk face-to-face with the match maybe taking shape on January 1. Now, I don't know that for for, for facts. Punk has already stated that he was going to be in the Royal Rumble. I don't know. For all we know, Austin could show up on day one. And enter himself into the Royal Rumble, for all we know. And then have a stare down with CM Punk. I mean, that would set the wrestling community on fire if that was the case there. And the rumor is CM Punk for Stone Cold Steve Austin. If there was any year to do it, the year would be this year, 24, at WrestleMania 40. We don't know how long Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to want to wrestle. And we don't know how long CM Punk's body is going to hold up. We don't. Now, me, I would honestly like to see Rollins and Punk over Punk and Austin. That's just me. But I'm not going to complain if Austin and Punk is the match, but you've already sold us on Punk and Rollins. And if that doesn't happen, then we may get Punk-Rollins at the Elimination Chamber, and then we'll get Punk and Austin at WrestleMania, and Rollins will go on to defend the title against Gunther at WrestleMania but i kind of like the idea of a wrestlemania without stone cold steve austin because it just presents a better wrestlemania punk and rollins gunther and brock lesnar cody and roman i mean that's just i mean that just sells itself honestly do we need austin do we need austin at wrestlemania no we don't need austin at wrestlemania i think we'll be fine without stone cold steve austin but if there's a time to do it it is now and if you can do the match, then you fucking do it because it may not ever happen again. I know. I know. If we don't get Steve Austin at the uh at uh, Lincoln Financial Field it's never going to happen. But I know. Thanks for coming in during my stream. You you you're on point every fucking time. She just woke up from her nap and she needs to make her presence known. Picardi. Stone Cold Steve Austin. It could also be Big E. Now, I don't know if Big E is ready to go, but the Big E news has been quiet. All news on the Big E front has been dead quiet. All we know is that he was supposed to get checked out. I don't know when the last time he said he was supposed to get checked out, middle of the year this year. And we haven't heard a thing about Big E. Big E may be ready to return to the WWE. And on day one, he would come back. What poetic justice that would be, right? I mean, wasn't it Big E who had to be pulled from... Wasn't it Big E that lost to Brock Lesnar, lost his world championship to Brock Lesnar at day one, the pay-per-view when they did day one a couple of years ago? Wouldn't that be poetic for him to come back at the same time Themed show in which he lost the WWE Championship? I mean, that would be pretty cool, in my honest opinion. Could be Big E. And Big E, if he's coming back, man, what a miracle to start the new year with his face and him being back on WWE television. It would really be a new day. Or, number three, and this could realistically be a possibility. It could be Batista. Not in a wrestling role. Not in a, hey, Batista's coming back and he's going to be in the Royal Rumble and we're going to have Batista chase the WWE champion. No. It could be Dave Batista. Because if you guys aren't aware, Triple H is now fully in charge of hand-picking everybody that goes into the WWE Hall of Fame. Batista did not want to go in during a pandemic-filled era of WWE, where he would accept an award in front of virtual screens. I don't blame him at all for not wanting to do that. And WWE really hasn't picked up the phone to call Batista. Or Vince, I should say, hasn't picked up the phone to call Batista. Maybe, maybe Vince felt slighted. Maybe Vince's administration... Felt slighted that Batista didn't want to go in when he was given the Hall of Fame induction. I don't want to go in. I mean, I want want live people. I want human beings to be there. Triple H is in charge now, man. That would kind of fit into the realm of Triple H having his way, right? Picking up the phone and calling Dave Batista. Dave Batista being the first guy to go into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2024. Sounds like a sound plan to me. WWE tends to announce the Hall of Fame inductees way too late in the, pro- in the process. I'd like to get some Hall of Fame announcements way earlier than what we usually get. You don't got to do them every week, but if there's going to be a class of five or six, you can spread them out over the course of the next two and a half to three months. They don't got to be every week. Dave Batista is an absolute possibility of him being on the show on Monday and him being given a Hall of Fame induction. Outside that, I don't really know who else there would be. Who else would there be for Triple H to go out there and bring to Monday Night Raw? That's a former WWE champion. I heard some people say Mickey James could be Mercedes, for all we know. But, I mean, even if it is Mercedes, why would you bring Mercedes to day one Raw? Or well, I don't, That doesn't really make any sense to me. Why would you do that? You bring her back at the Royal Rumble, that would be a tremendous return. Day one Raw, who gives a shit? So, in my honest opinion, it's even Stone Cold, Batista, or Biggie. We'll see what Triple H has up his sleeve. The fact that Triple H even said something on social media clearly something is going on in WWE. AEW. AEW plans for early 2024 pay per view schedule revealed. Now, clearly they got World's End tomorrow night on Long Island at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. It's going to be headlined by MJF versus Samoa Joe for the AEW World Championship. Meltzer wrote, in a surprise, since they added two, three, two or three new pay-per-view shows from the end of August through the end of December, the plan is to go from world's end right into revolution on 3-3, March 3rd, 2024. AEW is rumored to have a full year of pay-per-views from January all the way up until December. The rumor is that they will be adding 12 pay-per-views like WWE does, one per month. And I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know if that's still the plan. But the plan is for them to get a streaming deal first on Max and then go to the expanded pay-per-view calendar. And I think that would work very well for them. I do. I was absolutely against AEW doing the 12 pay-per-views per per year deal, but I'm actually for it now because I do feel like they've actually been on their toes a little bit more knowing that they have to book a pay-per-view in such short notice. Soon as we got out of of the last one, out of full gear, we already knew what the main event for World's End was going to be. MJF and Samoa Joe was announced six weeks ago. That's the way it should be done, and then we get storylines spread out across the next six weeks of television. I like the fact that they announced that we knew what the big selling point of the show was: Samoa Joe versus MJF. Great. Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage. Great. Now I don't like the fact that we got three huge matches announced because it was going to be the Continental Classic Final: Copeland versus Christian. MJ for Samoa Joe, and then basically the rest of the card was thrown together in this week alone. I don't like that. Just reeks of laziness to me. It's like, they're tra- it's like they're taking the easy way out. Yeah, we'll give them the top three matches, and then everything else will just fucking throw darts at the wall and see what it lands on. Who it lands on. I would love to see AEW go to 12 pay-per-views because I think that them booking in four-week intervals is going to keep them on their toes. I do. Because when AEW has, for example, World's End is happening tomorrow night, and then we don't got another pay-per-view until March 3rd. So that means all of January and all of February, what Tony Khan was doing was skimping on story and then building the pay-per-view in that final four-week stretch until the next pay-per-view. He'd go out there and throw dream matches on Dynamite, that don't mean a damn thing. The shows have to have a meaning behind them. The shows and matches need to mean something. I don't want nothing dynamites. I don't want weeks where it's like, all right, I could miss this because it's not really playing into any particular story and it's just match after match after match after match. I hate that type of pro wrestling. You may like it. You may you may be there for the fucking work rate and... Great wrestler A versus great wrestler B. No, that's not me. I enjoy a great I could watch a great match anywhere. I could fucking dream of a great match. But I need story. A match without the story is only half the match. You got to give me something. So I feel like in this small stretch with a 12-month pay-per-view calendar, that AEW would actually be more on their toes and better creatively where... Where they are now, every three months or so, they tend to get lazy. I don't want to see AEW get lazy at all. So we'll see what happens with that. It's supposed to be 12 months, but I'm assuming that they want the streaming deal in place first before they go and change their entire pay-per-view schedule. AEW may be losing Andrade. This comes as a shock to nobody. AEW could be losing out on Andrade As Andrade is rumored to be returning to the WWE at this time, WWE is throwing big money at several major names right now. Cody, Drew McIntyre is a free agent. Seth Rollins is going to be a free agent. Becky Lynch is going to be a free agent. They just signed Bayley and Charlotte Flair. So clearly they got some money to spend. They don't got money to spend, but they got money to spend. Andrade El Idolo. Maybe on his way out of AEW after joining the promotion in 2021 following his WWE departure. For the majority of his AEW run, he seemed to be unhappy in the company and had some backstage issues as well. In late 2022, he had surgery for a torn pectoral muscle that he was dealing with. He returned in June and made references to WWE since returning, leading to speculation he could go back with the company. His AEW deal is believed to be expiring in 2024, although time will be added because of the time out with the torn pec. That's what people aren't reporting. Oh, yeah, Andrade is going to be a free agent during this month, next year in 2024, without realizing that Tony Khan, when he's petty, he knows how to be petty. And if Andrade is on his way out, Tony Khan could absolutely add time on top of his contract if it hasn't already been added on top of his contract. Now, does it make sense for him to go to WWE? Sure, it does. His wife is there. Charlotte works for the company. Andrade's been part of the AEW Continental Classic in the Blue League. The Blue League is, or was to me, The lesser of the two leagues, I enjoyed the Gold League a little bit more, but Andrade's work in the Blue League was fucking fantastic. I think Andrade bought himself some TV time with his performance in the Blue League during the Continental Classic. That's going to be up to Tony Khan to take it and run with it. Do I trust him to do that with Andrade? No, I don't. Now, Melcher pointed out at the recent press conference... Were uh, at, at a recent press conference after a CMLL match, Andrade said he has a lot of open doors in 2024. He's not sure which one he'll choose. Meltzer reported, I do know that those in WWE expect him to return. I also know that those close to him who say that he may go very well back to the WWE, he is, he is open to stay if Tony Khan makes a better offer than WWE. Andrade would also like to work for New Japan, as he wanted to wrestle at Fantastica Mania in February, but it conflicts with his current schedule. Now, he wants to work New Japan. How much he wants to work New Japan, I don't know. If he wants to work New Japan, he's clearly not going to be able to do that with WWE. But if he gets his New Japan fix out of his system, and he works... New Japan, I don't know I don't know if they're going to have him uh, scheduled for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, it may be too late for that. I don't know. I don't know what they do. Maybe they do something after Wrestle Kingdom. Who knows when his contract is up in 2024? We don't fucking know. It could be the summer of 2024, and Andrade could work a few dates in Wrestle Kingdom before he leaves for WWE, as long as he gets his work in, gets it out of his system, and then leaves. We don't know. We don't know how much time he's going to have tacked on top of his contract. We don't know. But at the end of the day, Tony Khan, he dropped the ball on Andrade. He did. He didn't do anything with Andrade. Andrade has been a loser in AEW. The only time Andrade has done anything in AEW was the last seven weeks or so in the Continental Classic, where everybody saw how great of a pro wrestler he is. Before that, he wasn't doing anything. He didn't do anything. And no creative form I mean, for the love of God, they paired him with CJ Perry, and he's in a match with Miro at the pay-per-view. Loser leaves W Le- loser leaves AEW. Loser goes back to WWE. Seriously. They didn't really tell that story on TV with both of them in the same place at the same time. They didn't. Because Andrade was in the tournament. It's lazy. They're trying to manufacture something. By doing as little work as possible with Miro and Andrade. Should it be a great match? Sure, because both guys are great pro wrestlers. But don't sit there and tell me that thought was put into this. And it's going to be a great story unfolding at the pay-per-view. No, it's not. There barely is any story. And the only story that exists here is CJ and Miro and getting CJ back with Miro. Now, Miro was signed for many years. He's not going anywhere. And Tony's not letting him out of his contract. So he's stuck there. But Andrade, back in WWE, I could see that. Especially when Triple H now at Santos Escobar at the helm. Rey Mysterio's there for three years. Dominic Mysterio signed for five years. Dragon Lee is on the up and up. They put the rocket pack on him. He's going to places that nobody's ever seen before. Then you called up Humberto Carrillo, Angel Garza. You got Joaquin Wilde, Cruz Del Toro, Carlito, you mean to tell me that Andrade would not want to go back to WWE with the Latino World Order, the Lucha Libre connection being formed in WWE? WWE plays chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Triple H, anyway. Andrade would fit like a glove in WWE. And I tell you what, Triple H, knowing that Vince fucked him over, And Vince took Zelina away from him, which fucking ruined both of their careers. Soon as Andrade walked back into WWE, I would pair him right back up with Zelina Vega because it was a world championship caliber act on NXT. And then they split them away. And I don't know what Vince expected both of them to do. Zelina is mid. She is. She's not a good pro wrestler at all. And Andrade can't speak English. Don't know what the fuck you did. Selena's value is more in that type of role and Andrade needs her because she's great on the microphone. They had strengths that paired beautifully together. That's what I would do. Tony Khan has not done anything to show us that he gives a shit about having Andrade, one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet, in his company. And the only work we've seen of him that really excelled is in the Continental Classic. Is Tony going to look at Andrade now and want to push Andrade in 2024? It may be too late. Andrade, at this point, before the Continental Classic, has probably already made his decision to leave. And all I hear is AEW is changing. You got the young... Matt Jackson's wife is leaving. You got Raph Morphy leaving the company. You had... Kevin Sullivan, leave the company. These are all people that have been with the company since day one. Sean Spears is leaving the company. QT Marshall is leaving the company. A lot of day oneers are leaving the company. So what does that mean? That means, if I could get my word in here, thank you. What that means is Andrade may be on his way out too. And they're going to let him walk. Andrade... Malachi, Buddy Matthews. I I would bet anything that Malachi, I don't know when his contract's, I would bet anything that Malachi wants out of there. Andrade, the same thing. They didn't do anything with these guys. They never wanted to leave in the first place. They only left because Vince fired them. And they had nowhere else to go. The money was good. They thought the creative was going to be good. And then the creative never, never went anywhere. But if WWE gets Andrade, is it some some sort of game changer? No, it's not. Andrade would be another solid name added to a group of solid names. People already acting like this is gonna be some groundbreaking fucking signing for WWE. No, it's not. No, it's not. We'll get some banger matches with Santos and Ray and Dragon Lee. He may start his own faction. But the same way that he never did anything in, in AEW, I don't think it's going to be worse off in WWE, but he's not some groundbreaking, game-changing signing like the geeks on social media are pretending it is or will be pretending that it is. I'd like to see it, though, because I don't think he should have left in the first place. They never really found any value in him to begin with. Vince did anyway. Julia. Everybody's making a big deal about Julia. Julia. From stardom. It's looking more and more likely that WWE will land top free agent Julia in the new year. Previously reported there's been a massive interest in Julia for months from WWE, as it was believed she has some sort of offer from the company. Julia is not allowed to sign with anyone, including WWE, until her deal is up in March. Although many believed AEW would make an attempt to sign Julia who's currently the New Japan Strong Women's Champion after defeating Willow Nightingale, that was not the case, as they never made a serious play for her. As previously reported, with an update that came out earlier this month, AEW was no longer in contention of signing Julia, as it was coming down to either joining WWE or staying with New Japan Pro Wrestling. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that Julia is leaning towards signing with WWE. Meltzer wrote, Julia right now is seen as likely to be coming in to WWE in 2024. Her contract expires with Stardom in March. She may not be coming in right away, but as of right now, she's leaning towards coming in 2024. Great. So what does WWE need Mercedes for? I know they'd love to have everybody, but there is a budget. Believe it or not, WWE does have a budget. They can't bring in everybody. Mercedes doesn't come in, then they're going to allot a nice little chunk of change to bring in Julia in 2024. And then the machine goes round and round. I'm not familiar with Julia's work. I haven't watched one Julia match ever. All I hear is that Julia is the best female pro wrestler in the world. WWE has a lot of those. And Triple H loves his joshis. Triple H loves his Japanese ladies. Io, Asuka, Kyrie bringing in Julia, I'm not surprised. He's more in tune with what's going on currently in the landscape of pro wrestling than a lot of people are. And you know for a fact he's waiting to build that women's division up with names like this. After the division was killed by Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard and John Laurinaitis, where they did nothing to enhance anybody, Triple H is looking to bolster the division in 24 and maybe, potentially, give us a new Women's Revolution. It's the only thing I could see here. I don't know. I know Mercedes would look good in WWE. Imagine, imagine we get the four horsewomen. Sasha, Becky. Now, I'm just fantasy booking here because I know exactly what Triple H is thinking as he's thinking it. Imagine bringing back Mercedes. Sasha's back in the fold. Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, and Bailey on one side, Io, Oscar, Julia, and Kyrie on another. Imagine that for war games. I just gave you guys a thought, man. Go grab a fucking tissue and wipe yourselves clean. Seriously, imagine that. That's exactly what Triple H is thinking. But he might have fumbled the bag here with Mercedes. We don't know what's going on there. Sean Spears. Sean Spears is leaving AEW. This actually took place yesterday. And he's no longer with the promotion. I'm not really surprised by this. He didn't really do much, of anything, on AEW television for a while. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select reported that Sean Spears is the latest star to leave AEW. Spears had been a part of the AEW roster since the promotion had launched in 2019. After his WWE run as Ty Dillinger... Corey got over with his perfect 10 gimmick. I will say this, man. Ty Dillinger should have had a run with the NXT Championship. Call me crazy. He should have had had at least a month run with the NXT title. He got called up to the main roster, man. I don't know why they didn't see it in him. I I don't know why, but he was perfect. Perfect for that U.S. Intercontinental Title Division. They didn't do anything with him. Same thing with Tyler Breeze. Taylor made for those titles. Nothing. Nothing. I don't know why, man. Vince is a weirdo. Vince is a weirdo. He was most notably in a feud with Cody Rhodes in the early days of AEW, where he accidentally busted open Cody Rhodes with a chair shot to the head. He hasn't wrestled for the promotion since September on the all- Out zero hour. His last match was on Dynamite in May of 2022. Now, he did wrestle for the indie promotion DPW, and I did watch the match. He did wrestle Chris Denker, or Chris Danger, and I thought it was a very good match for Chris's first match. I thought he held his own in there, and he's got a A ton of guts to get in there and do what he did, man. He he had a gnarly fucking cut on his arm too, man, that he went through a table and busted open his arm. Oh, my God. One of the most gnarliest injuries that I've seen in recent memory was Chris Danger against Sean Spears. Ridiculous. The fact that he even continued that fucking match. I'd love to know what the fuck he was thinking when he looked down at his arm and you could see his fucking bone. Ridiculous. Anyway, per the report, Sean Spears becomes a free agent on January 1, and the departure was amicable between he and AEW. Sean Spears tweeted out the following statement. What a wonderful time it has been. Thank you at AEW for allowing me to be there from the ground level. It's been a fantastic five years of growth and personal development. This is a personal choice and one that is best for me and my family at this time. Thank you to all staff, and talent alike for the memories. Heart emoji, hashtag number 10. Sean Spears was rumored to be a part of the devil angle. In fact, Meltzer said that he was one of the men underneath the mask. And now that he's no longer with the company, appropriate creative changes need to be made as far as who is working with the devil on AEW television. Sean Spears would have fit in like a glove there as he had a history with MJF. Clearly, that's not going to happen. Sean Spears was, to me, even in WWE and in AEW, undervalued. Again, part of the old guard. The reason why these names are leaving is because I believe that there is true change happening in AEW. Whether or not that bleeds onto television, to the extent of that change, what it means, I don't know. I don't know what it means. But Sean Spears leaving, another day one -er, leaving, says a lot. They didn't value him. He was undervalued in AEW, undervalued in WWE. He was underutilized. And everything that he was a part of, whether it was Cody, whether it was in the pinnacle with MJF, whether it was the chairman stuff that he did, He always went out there and did great work. He was always a great promo. He looked the part. I was a huge fan of Ty Dillinger, and I was a huge fan of Sean Spears. Now that Sean Spears has been away from WWE, he joined AEW in 2019. We're heading into 2024. I know a lot of people are going to be thinking, number 10 in the Royal Rumble. Triple H, give him a spot. In the Rumble as number 10. That would be great. That would be great. I'd love to see him back in WWE get another fair shot. Because he never got one in the first place. They wrote him off as soon as he got to the main roster. I'm not even sure if he really made a full main roster run. I I I honestly think they called him up from NXT. They dabbled with him a little bit. Got sent back down there and then they let him go. But he didn't do anything there. He's wiser. He looks even better than he does then. He's more knowledgeable. He's better from bell to bell. And he's got a lot more to offer than he did then away from the ring. Sean Spears is the type of guy that you want in the performance center. Sean Spears is the type of guy you want teaching and molding younger talent. If he wants it, it's there for him to take. I don't know why WWE wouldn't give him a shot at anything. I don't. And if you don't think QT Marshall's going to WWE, you're a complete idiot. QT and Sean Spears may end up in WWE. Why wouldn't they? WWE would be foolish to let those two guys just sit around and not bring them on in. I could see Sean Spears go to Impact or TNA. That'd be great. Prove yourself. Prove yourself. I think TNA would give him the platform to go out there and do that. I could see him being a TNA world champion for sure. Prove your worth in TNA. They got a solid roster over there. But AEW seems to be undergoing some internal changes and Sean Spears is definitely a part of that. They weren't going to give him a role on television. They weren't going to give him anything substantial. He he still wants to wrestle, clearly. And he's going to go find a place to work. And it's not going to be difficult for him to find work. the devil, all will be revealed at world's end. This is according to Tony Khan. I've been saying it for fucking months now. It needs to happen at world's end. Enough, enough. We got enough clues and we got enough with this storyline to where it needs to be revealed at world's end. Whether MJF loses the championship or not, it needs to be revealed at world's end. AEW first introduced this mystery person with MJF at All Out to claim an AEW world title shot before revealing he was under the mask. This is when he confronted CM Punk. AEW brought it back in recent months with the devil and the mystery partners attacking Jay White, the acclaimed, and Billy Gunn, who had been feuding or teaming with the world's heavyweight champion. On Wednesday's episode of Dynamite, Samoa Joe turned on MJF, and it was made clear that Joe isn't the devil, but he is aligned with the devil, allowing for the mystery men to pin MJF to win the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. Goes to show you the worth and value of Ring of Honor, where two unknown assailants are now holding the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. I mean, the value of Ring of Honor is completely dog water. It's, it's dead. It's a dead brand. I mean, I'm just glad MJF is no longer the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion. One good thing happened in that match on Wednesday. And that's MJF losing those championships. Great. I did not like MJF being pinned three days before a fucking world championship. I fucking hate that. MJF pinned as the world champion by two masked individuals that we don't know the identity of. What a lame fucking way, huh? Samoa Joe's not the devil. Samoa Joe, though, has been in cahoots with whoever the devil is, because clearly, if you guys remember, weeks ago, it well, it was six weeks ago, weeks ago, Adam Cole, in the middle of the ring, on a pair of crutches, he was lobbying with Max to be a bigger man, and give MJF the title, and give Samoa Joe begging MJF to give Samoa Joe the title match. I asked him, "That's not the MJF I know." The MJF I know, the new MJF would give him a title shot. Work with Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, asked MJF, convinced MJF to give Samoa Joe that title match, and it was made. Then we get the storyline that. MJF is injured and Samoa Joe wants the shot and Samoa Joe is going to watch over MJF and he's going to be MJF's insurance policy. I need you 100% on Long Island. That world's end. It's great. So all these weeks, it's been Samoa Joe who's been in cahoots with the devil. And it's all because Adam Cole convinced MJF to give Samoa Joe this spot. So we go back to all that. The devil will be revealed on Saturday. There was a question at the AEW World's End media call yesterday where Tony Khan was asked whether the devil will be revealed on Saturday night or if it will linger on. Tony Khan says, It feels like we're getting close to finding out who the devil is. I expect some big revelations and big moments at World's End. The secrets will be revealed, and I'm looking forward to it. It's been a very different one from the rest of the AEW roster this year. I've been very excited about it. People want to see that kind of episodic storytelling and the identity of the devil and finding out that Samoa Joe is working with the devil added a whole new layer to it, especially heading into this match. Very excited for MJF and Samoa Joe. MJF and Samoa Joe at Grand Slam was a great match, but now the stakes have been set and the table is there for another great match with a different set of stakes. Now, MJF... And Samoa Joe is going to be a great match. I think MJF, banged up, no matter how banged up he is, he's going to go out there and wrestle his ass off. I don't know how or where he's feeling right now, how close to 100% he is. I don't know. He didn't really do much on Wednesday, and he got pinned on Wednesday's Dynamite, but MJF could realistically still be the devil. You can't rule him out. Samoa Joe not the devil. Tony Khan can absolutely be a part of the devil story. Is Tony Khan the devil? No, I don't think he is the devil. I think, like like Jesse and I on Wednesdays discussed, there could be more than just one devil. But somebody's gotta be pulling the shrinks. Somebody's gotta be pulling the shrinks. How ridiculous is it? I don't know. I don't know if anybody's really discussed this or brought this up. Who's making these matches? Who's allowing these men in the building? First, they took, out, they, they took out the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. They took out Jay White. They took out Adam Page. How are they getting in the building? Who is allowing them backstage? Then we get the match on Wednesday for the Ring of Honor Tag Team. Who sanctioned a fucking match with renegades, with rogues on AEW television? Who sanctioned that match? Who put them in a championship match? Who allowed them to come out and get a fucking entrance? Is Tony Khan a part of the the devil storyline? You got to ask yourself at some point, is he a part of it? MJF called him a mark. I don't know how far back in the rabbit hole we're going to go, but remember the phone call that was aired? at the end of All Out last year? When CM Punk beat Sean Moxley? Who showed up? It was MJF in the devil mask with Tony Khan on the phone after Tony Khan revealed the, or MJF, I should say, revealed the voice message of Tony Khan giving him the money he requested to come back because he feels like he wasn't paid enough. MJF called him a mark. MJF said, you know, maybe if I was an ex-WWE guy, you'd pay me too. You're a fucking mark. He's a money mark. I don't know if Tony Khan's a part of it, but you got to start asking yourself the question. Maybe he is a part of it. Maybe he is one of many devils. Somebody's got to be pulling the strings. Is he the devil? I hope not. I don't think so. I hope not. I don't want to see Tony Khan as an on-air actor or on-air performer on AEW Dynamite. I don't. Who I do think is the devil is Adam Cole. And Britt Baker could be a part of that as well. Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Wardlow. Easy. You don't got to overthink it. You don't have to go too deep In thought about what is going on here. That is it. Adam Cole and MJF have enough heat between each other. Enough story between each other where it would still be shocking and MJF could lose the championship. He could lose the championship. He could go away for a couple of months, get himself healed up, come back to be 100%. You know, he even said in his Players' Tribune article that he put out today, which is an excellent read. I urge you guys to go and check it out. MJF fatigue is growing. He knows it. He feels it. Not everybody stays hot forever. He's starting to feel that. Maybe he feels like he needs to go away. Maybe that is playing into the fact of the bidding war of 2024 storyline. We don't know. But Adam Cole makes the most sense as the devil. Now, I don't know how injured Adam Cole is. I don't know how Adam Cole acts on his Twitch channel. I don't know if he would go out there and blatantly lie to those people. I don't know if he would play them like a fiddle. I don't know. But I think this angle is big enough to a point where taking a risk like that is probably something he should have taken. I don't think Adam Cole is completely injured. I think Adam Cole was injured. And I think Adam Cole is back and ready to go. And we're all thinking that he's injured, but it's not as bad as AEW pretended it is. I think Adam Cole is the devil. And Adam Cole is the right devil. I don't give a shit. Predictable, sure. But predictable is not a bad thing. I'm not sitting here saying that it should be, you know, this guy or that guy. I've been solely squared on Adam Cole since Grand Slam. Not changing my tune now. It's way too late in the game to change my tune. Nobody else makes sense. Swerve and Keith Lee. They're having a match on Saturday night. I don't know why. I don't know why, but here we are. We're finally getting to have this match after a year, after a year, after the team split. They were a tag team. Fightful Select heard earlier in the year that there was a tentative idea for the two to face each other in the summer when they teamed together in a blind eliminator tag team tournament. A plan for the two to end up working with each other at World's End was finalized by After Full Gear. They'll finally get that match on Saturday night. Originally, Swerve and Hangman Page were to continue their feud. However, after they had their full gear match, an obvious pivot in creative was made. The idea was then to put, you know, a bow on this gift, a bow on the Swerve and Lee match by also integrating Ring of Honor and Shane Taylor. Page and Swerve were not planned for a third match at World's End, says Fightful. Tony Khan discussed what Keith Lee and Swerve Shricken will finally settle their differences at World's End. And he says this via the World's End media call. Yeah, absolutely. I think now is the right time for Swerve. Well, for both of them, just because at the Continental Classic Gold League Finals, I thought was one of the best matches on the show. And so was the Blue League Finals. Swerve on Dynamite in the Gold League has been tearing the house down, pun intended. It has been Swerve's house and he's been tearing it down. The timing of it is by design. We're trying to build both men. Swerve has been on a meteoric rise unlike anybody in AEW or in pro wrestling. It's been a very organic one and he's earned the position. I've been so enthusiastic about it AEW Collision and Keith Lee being regularly presented on Collision. It's something I love and something that's been very successful for the show. When you look at the ratings growth we've had, the success we've had with Collision rising in the ratings, despite the competition getting undisputedly tougher and tougher. There really isn't a, a, a reason here to do this match in anything he said. Both guys have been doing tremendous for the company it's a great time to go to the match coming out of the Continental Classic. Frankly, I think the timing is right because I had gone to the match at another time in a place. I wouldn't do anything differently in terms of what we've done with Swerve. I think it's been perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. So, you, you, you take Swerve out of the Continental Classic to put him in a match. With Keith Lee, who is as cold as ice on a pay-per-view entitled World's End. For the sake of it ending at World's End? Is Is that the explanation that I'm trying to see here and listen to coming out of this fucking media call? So Tony Khan and his bright idea is, hey, let's not have Swerve win the Continental Classic like everybody wanted him to, to put him in a fucking feud with Keith Lee or a match with Keith Lee to continue a feud that's taken 12 months off to do it at world's end because we need to finish it. We need to bring this to its conclusion at world's end. I mean, who gives a shit? The match has no heat. And Swerve is beneath this. So we'll get a decent match out of it tomorrow night. Swerve will win. And he'll move on to bigger and better things. He'll be a world champion in 2024. And Keith Lee, will he will be delegated back to AEW Collision. Or worse yet, Ring of Honor. There's another guy that should be back with WWE before before long is Keith Lee. Do you expect anything from Keith Lee in AEW? I know I don't. Nothing that Tony Khan said here makes any sense whatsoever. He basically is using this to finish this story because it fits apropos perfectly with World's End. And because he wanted to go with the story of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley in the Continental Classic Final that he couldn't leave Swerve off the show, and Hangman, instead of doing a third match there, where they kind of alluded to a third match, they wrote him off television. So instead of keeping Swerve off the show, we're putting him in a match with Keith Lee. How many people give a shit about Keith Lee? I'm a Keith Lee fan. But let's, let's call it as it is. The match has no heat. And Keith Lee ain't winning shit. If anything, this is a test for Keith Lee in the eyes of AEW management. You deliver a banger match here, maybe you get some more opportunities in the new year. Use it as fuel to get yourself more TV time. But if I asked you which wrestler in AEW has been dropped on on his head creatively and they've done nothing with him in AEW... Keith Lee may be at the top or the top of the list in AEW. Ridiculous. And finally, Goldberg. Yeah, we got some Goldberg news. Bill Goldberg calls Vince McMahon a piece of shit for not delivering on retirement match promise. Interesting. Bill Goldberg, of all people, calling somebody a piece of shit. Goldberg is not happy with WWE and Vince McMahon for not getting to end his career the way he wanted. Goldberg last wrestled when he lost to Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber in 2022, don't remind me, before his contract with the company ended later that year. Goldberg stated earlier this year that he was leaning towards doing a four-city tour of his own and then would see what's next regarding a potential run and a major promotion after that. Goldberg claimed in a past interview that WWE owes him a retirement match, but they didn't deliver on that promise. While speaking on Steven and Captain Evil, I guess this is a podcast or a YouTube channel, Goldberg blasted Vince McMahon for not delivering on his retirement match promise. He says, and I quote, Vince is like Dana White. He's the big boss and makes everything happen. And in all honesty, he gave me the opportunity to put my wife and son on the front row and gave me the ability to perform again in front of them. I think it should end there, Bill. I I think Vince lived up to his end of the bargain. So I owe him everything. Until we went to Saudi Arabia and he asked me to put over Roman Reigns. And I had COVID. I remember calling him from my house and said, listen, here's the deal. I'll do it if you give me a retirement match. I did what he asked. As a performer, I was 56 years old. As a human being, you're conscientious about how you look in a bathing suit. Especially two months prior to being in that bathing suit, you couldn't work out because you had COVID. I put myself in a horribly shitty situation to get what I wanted to do but to say to, to, to him and give him what he wanted. The problem is he never held up his end of the bargain. Vince is a piece of shit as far as I'm concerned. So, so let, me, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Bill Goldberg He comes into WWE. He gets the opportunity to wrestle in front of his son. He gets the opportunity to look at his son, older now, watching his father wrestle. Isn't this the same guy that absolutely shocked the world and beat Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series? How long was the match? 90 seconds, Brock Lesnar, didn't they get a WrestleMania match out of it? Didn't Goldberg enter that Royal Rumble the following January and eliminate Lesnar from the Royal Rumble, or am I drawn, am I wrong? Somebody in the chat correct me, didn't, didn't they really go all in on Bill Goldberg during that Brock Lesnar feud a few years back? Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it, Bill, that buried Kevin Owens? No, I think he forgot about that one, though, right? Kevin Owens, who is a full-time performer on WWE television, comes on in and just buries Kevin Owens? Took the Universal Championship away from Kevin Owens, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay, great. Didn't this guy... Go into Saudi Arabia and beat the Fiend in five minutes, basically ending the fiend's career, in which he never recovered from. You know, that 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 and nobody remembers that though. Bill Bill doesn't remember that though, right? You know, he's crying about a fucking retirement match when he took two situations against two guys in which he should have never went over. You know, if Bill was so great, Bill Goldberg, Bill Goldberg would have went to Vince McMahon and said, you know, Vince, I don't think I should be going out there to bury your up-and-coming top guy in Bray Wyatt. He's got this new gimmick. He's trying to get himself over. The fans love it. He just won the championship. I don't think I should be taking the fucking title away from Bray Wyatt. Yeah, but he went out there, no qualms, no fucking hesitation. He went out there and fucking jackhammer later. How many jackhammers? Two A spear and a jackhammer later. Goodbye. He's the, he's the new world champion, right? No, but Bill's crying about a fucking retirement match. Meanwhile, pieces of the fucking fiend still lay dormant in Saudi Arabia's desert. You fucking break. Bill Goldberg should be retired Today. Nobody wants to see Bill Goldberg. Nobody gives a fuck about Bill Goldberg. And nobody wants to see Bill Goldberg wrestle again. Who would his his retirement match even be against? Who is left in this industry that wants to get into the ring with a clearly unsafe Bill Goldberg and put him over? Maybe Bill should ask himself the fucking question. Hey, did I put anybody over? And Roman don't count. Maybe if I put Kevin Owens over and Bray Wyatt over, maybe fans would think differently of me instead of me looking like a selfish cunt. How about that one? Fuck Bill Goldberg. Ridiculous. Matt Riddle, you want to have a retirement match? Matt Riddle, go join AEW. I'm sure Tony Khan's got all the money in the world to go have you go out there and have a retirement match against Matt Riddle. Do it. Ridiculous. Anyway. Thank you guys very much for all your support. If you enjoyed today's random live stream, I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me on Friday night. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys get those super chats in, man. We got one more stream after tonight, and that'll be on December 31. So if you guys want to get them on in and show some support, you guys still got time. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes on tonight's live stream. Got 756 likes tonight. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Make sure you guys come and join Andrew Bedella and myself at the green turtle tomorrow afternoon 3 30 to 6 p.m eastern right before aew world's ends come and buy us a drink man come and hang out they there will be merchandise and all other goodies there i'll have some ots exclusive beer mugs and ots hats it'll be a fun time man Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. There's plenty of it. It's been a slow week, but I figured I'd come and join you guys live tonight. And you guys killed it, man. I appreciate you guys. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go and get a free sample on me, courtesy of the podcast. BlueChew.com, code JD. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew is your way to long-term booking. It is basically your pen and paper to long-term booking. It's a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in a chewable tablet. You can take them anytime, day or night. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. All you got to do is sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you guys are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days, no questions asked. There's no waiting in line at the doctor's office, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's all done online. You don't got to talk to anybody, no awkward conversations. And it comes in a very discreet package, shipped to you directly, and all tablets are made in the USA. So, if you guys want to benefit from, from some extra confidence, Blue Chew is where it is. Bluechew.com, code JD at checkout. All you got to do is pay the five dollars shipping and handling. Cameron Battle. Becomes a new member. Thank you, Cameron. And then a 999. Do you see Raw going to Warner Brothers Discovery? If so, when is the announcement coming? Yes, I do. And we're going to hear before the Royal Rumble, is what I say. Michael Krause with a $2 Super Chat. Was up from Walla? Hope your trip and weekend go well. Thank you, brother. Got back from Orlando. This morning. And I love it down there, man. It was 70 degrees. It rained yesterday, though. Then the sun came out. But I love it. I love it. I wish I was there all the time. Michael Krause. Thank you, brother. Hooligram with the 37 months. Don't be disappointed in me. I'm eating Chicago deep dish. It's like putting your underwears over your pants... It's all backwards. Cheers to 2024 OTS for life. Hooligrim, I am disgustingly disappointed in you, bro. I had pizza in Orlando, man. I don't know how anybody in Orlando has fucking pizza made by Floridians. I mean... I mean, the sauce. Holy shit, man. Like a tasteless sauce, and the pizza was just floppy and wet. Come on, man. Maybe I should move to Orlando and open up a fucking pizza shop, man. It's uh, ridiculous. Hologram, thank you for thirty-seven months, brother. Player one with the two-dollar super jack. WWE needs to pay Mercedes whatever she wants. Yeah. Bradley Robinette with a one ninety nine officially going to Mania. Got my ticket today. Good for you, brother. Drizzy Drew with a one ninety nine. Look at Triple H's last tweet. Could still be Sasha. I don't know. No, Sasha's not debuting at day one Raw. Barry Allen, $5 super chat. It is Batista, not Steve Austin. Nobody wants that. Punk for Seth Rollins is the bigger history for WrestleMania's main event. I could see it being Batista. Christy Wilson with a $5 Super Chat. Mercedes going to TNA maybe. Absolutely. It's a possibility. It is absolutely a possibility. Sean Ray J with a $5 Super Chat. If you look at Big E' status, it doesn't have a brand attached to it. They could easily play into that by saying he wasn't drafted, so he's inactive. He'll be wherever the new day is. Xavier and Kofi are on Raw. Trevor with a 199. Can't wait to see you and Drew tomorrow. We'll be there, brother. Delightful entertainment with a one ninety nine. If this was Vince, the return would be Goldberg. Robert Grimsley with a $5 super chat. JT, whatever happened to Lita? Do you think she was so bad that WWE were just like, man, let's hurry and get her off TV, or was it something else? Lita and Trish being a part of anything was all Vince McMahon. Triple H had nothing to do with that. Triple H wants to push current women, not bring back old-timers. Will Chisholm with the $10 Super chat. JD, what do you think about Triple H trying to... Have WWE work with stardom with William Regal's son working a match with all Japanese Triple H takeover plans. Yeah, I'm not putting much stock into WWE working with stardom. I'm not going to talk about it because it's only a heavy, heavy, heavy rumor right now. And there is absolutely nothing in the works as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. I don't care. Happy Sensei with the two months. You mentioned DPW earlier. Did you see Massey and Mensua debut? They have new attitudes that I can see get them over. Way more over than that trash. Maximum male models. Yeah. They seem like enjoyable guys. They seem like likable guys. And I'm sure whatever the fuck they do, they'll get over more than whatever Vince gave them with that shit gimmick. Listen, I can't say anything bad about Lita. Lita's a Braves fan. Cue the content guy with a $4 super chat. A $4.99 super chat. I'm sorry. What's up, J.D. Great show as always. Hopefully Trinity Naomi comes back to the WWE. Happy New Year. Trinity's doing her own thing. She's the number one in her company. Why would she want to come back? Tay Tay with a 499. When is Keith Lee's contract with AEW up? By the way, I'm feeling under the will of hoping I can get better soon. Well, you get better, man. And I don't know when Keith Lee's contract is up. I haven't heard a goddamn thing about that. Delightful Entertainment with a one ninety nine. Omos vs. Ryback at Mania. Winner drops to fill. No, thank you. Advocate, zero, zero, 005, with a one-month membership. Thank you, Advocate. Scorpio with a $5 super chat. Hypothetically speaking, what would be your reaction if Jack Perry is revealed as the devil? Also, I still think Sasha Banks is WWE bound. I think me and Drew will walk out of the Nassau Coliseum. That's why. Hush with a $5 super chat. Feels like Mercedes in another Triple H-Nick Con call, similar to what the Punk situation was. What percentage do you give her showing up tomorrow at World's End? 25%. Broken Trey with a 9.99. 99 Final prediction for who the devil is. My top two is Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Sammy Callahan as a dark horse pick. Sammy Callahan is not the devil. Omega Kong with a 23 months. One more month till the Golden Mike. OTS for life. J.D., I pray that you have a much better 24 then all of the 2020s combined, you are loved. OTS is loved. Is it? Is it loved, Omega Kong? I don't really know. I'm just happy to be here. Phil with a 9.99. 99 Mercedes knows what she's worth, not just as a human being, but as an asset to whatever division she's a part of. Open the checkbook and give her what she wants. See you with the meet and greet. Stay safe. Thank you, Phil. Drew and I are looking forward. Nate, the Spider Hunter with 17 months. JD, make a dream match. Choose one AEW wrestler and one WWE superstar. Choose an event and choose a match. Mine, Roman Reigns versus John Moxley. Hell in a cell. Brian Danielson versus Gunther. Will Chisholm with a $10 super chat. Like you, I'm a fan of Mercedes, and I'm cool wherever she goes, but I just don't trust Tony Khan booking. I know she can try and change it, but Tony is stuck in his ways. Tony is stuck in his ways, and I don't think Mercedes joining the company is going to make that much of a difference with the creative being at an all-time low. And Chris with a four ninety nine. What's up, J.D. Happy New Year to you and all in the OTS VIPs in the venue. Great show as always, brother. Always here for you and have a great 2024. Thank you, Chris. Tay Tay with a four ninety nine. Where do you see Mercedes going? W-W-A-W-T-N-A, New Japan or Stardom? Right now it's 50-50 with TNA and AEW. I don't know. I don't know really which direction she's going to go. But I think it's uh, either one of those two companies. Guys, that's all I got for you. Thank you for joining me on this Friday night Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys join us at the meet and greet tomorrow, 3 p.m. Should be great. Or well, are 3.30 p.m., I think it is. 3.30? 3.30? Yeah, 3.30. 3.30 to 6 see you guys there make sure you guys follow me on social media at jd from ny206 twitter instagram tiktok cameo hit that subscribe button down below turn on the bell for notifications if you see me at world's end tomorrow come and say what's up and jesse and i will be live for the world's end post show on sunday afternoon new year's eve right here on off the script jedi joker with a two dollar super chat saying jd you missed my ten dollar super chat I did. I'm sorry, Jedi. What's up, J.D.? Not wrestling-related, but I like Dungeons & Dragons, and I was told I would enjoy Lord of the Rings. Do I watch the extended versions or regular versions? Happy New Year. You watch the extended versions, Jedi Jericho. What the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, bro? My little hobbies. My precious. Join us at the meet and greet tomorrow.